Shut up and invest. All right, all right. What's up? What's up? Welcome back another episode of Shut Up and Invest. Jay Money in the house. Good morning, my brother. Good morning, Kevin. Man, how you doing? It's beautiful okay. Saturday. Beautiful Saturday. Beautiful weather outside. A little groggy. A little groggy. A little time. This is that good part of Miami when it gets like really, really perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like perfect weather. Yeah, not a, too hot. There's always that calm before the storm where it gets really beautiful. Yes, yes. So I'm in the I'm in the middle of a playoff run of football right now, man. Man, I was so, gonna ask you, man. Give us a catch up here. I know you guys have had a really good season. We are. This year, yeah. huh? We're six. We won. We won on Friday, uh, Thursday, so we're six and two now. Okay. We got one more game in Naples on uh, next Friday, but uh, it's in Naples. Yeah, it's so in that's Naples. like a two hour drive. Like two hour, yeah. a bus full of kids, bus full of kids, <laughs> high school kids. <laughs> Sounds like the, a lot of liability. I'm gonna put the headphones on and uh, <laughs> drown them out. <laughs> How's your son doing? He's a quarterback. Yeah, he's killing it, man. My son right now is uh, he's got 17 touchdowns, three picks. Senior, senior, yeah. That's it. That's yeah, actually, good senior night was on Thursday, so it was pretty pretty emotional night. You know. Talk to me we about had the it. whole family walk out there. Oh uh, yeah, the you guys get to walk out with the players. Yeah. At halftime, they call the seniors out. Okay. Well, they call them, you know, one by one. Right. So when we came out, it was me, Jackie, and the three daughters walked out with Isaac. So yeah, what were you feeling? That was, uh, it was a little emotional, man, because you know, like it goes back like me and I, I posted a picture on Instagram on, on that morning of me and Isaac like taking drops in the backyard when he was like six. Oh yeah. You know, because like we actually been we've been working. I mean, I used to coach my oldest son, Austin. I was coaching him and I would come home and I used to be in the backyard with cones out waiting for me to come into the house, you know. And as soon as I walked in the house, pop, pop, we got to work out, we got to work out. <laughs> this is when he was like five or six, you know, so. Because he would see you and his older brother doing it. Yeah, I was because I was coaching the older brother and uh, he wasn't even able to play football yet. Like this was probably a year before we could actually play football. Mm-hmm. He was like five or six years old. He would just have his own stuff set up and we'd go out there. You know, after working all day, after coaching, you know, my, the oldest one, I, I put another hour in with him in the backyard doing drops, you know, as a quarterback, working on throwing the ball. Now, did it's, you know when you were putting in that work back then that it would lead to senior night the other no, night? No, I, no or idea. Or you were just doing it more for was quality just, time? I was just and, doing it for time, you know. I was just doing it to spend time with my boys, you know. I, I got, I've always loved football, played football. You know, I've always known football. I was a Madden genius, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> No, but the coaching happened because my oldest son went to a school where they had no football team. And I'm like, well, you need a football team. Like, like how can you have a school without football, right? So I started the youth program out of necessity for my sons being able to play youth football with their school. You know, and uh, Austin played. So you senior. started the program in the school or you had to do an independent one and then they plugged Yeah, it, it, was, it was independent, but it was like we had, we had three Christian schools who kind of fed the youth program, right? And then other kids come play at the youth program. But it was like, so it wasn't connected to the school, but it was for that school to have a football team, to eventually have a high school team. When I started that program for youth, the, the high school had an eight-man football team, which, you know, eight-man's, yeah. you know, it's eight-man. <laughs> like street football. <laughs> exactly. So when that when those group of kids and my older son, when they became freshmen, was the first year they had an 11-man football team. Mm. And they basically brought me up. And they had another head coach and brought me up to be the offensive coordinator to start that 11-man football program that we started. And we took lumps With for pads four years. and everything? Yeah, pad, yeah, it was 11-man, yeah. Pad. It was the first time they had 11-man football at that school. And most of it were kids that I had coached since they were, kids. you know, fourth, fifth graders, you know, that all came up and just rose up in the ranks. And then fast forward, and now you're walking your younger son. I want my youngest son, who started off in that program. The, the last boy. Yeah, after this. So is, you're not going to do it girls. again. 
I'm not going to walk senior night again, ever again. You know, I'll probably be. Did you think about that in that moment? Yeah, I did. I did. Definitely I did, you know. I definitely thought about that because it's like, you know, they don't get easier, you know, but this might be the last one of me walking someone unless, who knows, I mean, Jackie talks about adoption a lot. Uh, <laughs> we both talk about it a lot. So we actually had that conversation. Like, we know there's going to be another boy in our house. Really? <laughs> like, who knows when? Because also, I'm a, I have teenage daughters now, too. So you got to be careful. It's a whole transition of what am I going to do with that now? You know? Right. But, but yeah, it was it was a moment, you know, walking out there with the uh, the, oh, the youngest son. And seeing him go out there and pretty much, you know, dominate the game. Three touchdowns, you know, 297 yards passing. So. Nice. Is he is he getting college looks or how's that working out? He, yeah, he is. I mean, it's slow right now because um just the system. If you're not if you're not D one, D one jump off the off the screen, then it's a kind of a slow play. But mm-hmm. he's got, you know, I believe he'll be going D two or small or small D one FCS. Small college yeah. and go play over there. Yeah. With a with a with a ride with scholarship. scholarship. That's what's yeah, up. We're right just playing there. it out. Took his, he took his SAT again last week. How do you do that score? We don't know the score yet, but he needs to get that they score. They changed the scoring format, though, when we used to do it, right? Well, SAT is still on the 1600 scale, and mm-hmm. ACT is on the 30, I think. I never took the ACT. I never took the ACT either. But they actually had, I mean, it's changing so much. You see also Miami, well, you saw California pass that law where they're going to start being, being allowed to pay kids, college players. I don't know if you saw that. I heard about it, but yeah, I don't know so if they actually went through. It went through. I know California. they've been talking they about passed it for years. It Cali- California passed it. So only so. The, city, the state of California passed it where basically you get paid for your likeness. So let's say, you know, you want to hire a kid to do a promo video, right? Who's on the local Miami University, University of you know UCLA football team. You can pay him. The school can't pay him, but a companies private can pay him. Can pay. Can pay him. Well, Florida just put that law through. It's not passed yet. They put it up for vote. I guess in the next the next voters coming through and there's a big 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 chance it passes. So you'll have Florida and California having laws that will allow kids to be paid. I definitely think they should be able to get paid when you're looking at it from a pure standpoint of if a, you I want to film a commercial, I don't expect you to do it for free because in this country that's just the way things work, right? Mm-hmm. All right, cool, I'll do things for you. Let's exchange some value here. Mm-hmm. However, it's the manipulation that they'll be able to now use that. And then you'll have the dirty game. Be- use those. <laughs> oh, I want to do a car commercial. And the guy gets a $3 million check for it. <laughs> and the truth is, it's really a future a payment future. for yep. some type of sponsor yep. or agreement. And it doesn't become... The traditional sense, which right now, if you go and you work and you work out a deal and you negotiate your thing, you get paid what you're worth in that value of negotiation. These people are getting paid for potential and come sign with me later on when you're a pro and it just becomes a sticky. It's going to be sticky. I think it's already sticky though right now. That's the thing. Like when you when you look at it right now, you realize if you're in it later, I'm in it as a high school coach, you realize how sticky it already is. Right. Yeah. So, so already being sticky, there's a way where kids can be paid for the because to me that's just illegal to stop a kid from being be paid for what it, you know any other, right. any other thing you get paid for. So this definitely wasn't the point of the show. No. But we're we're, <laughs> we're let's take it there for a second because because now I'm sitting here and there's a big thing in this industry, right? So if you're listening to this about real estate, let's bring it back because um, it goes hand in hand. Like, what about? Um, Kickbacks, 
Right? Because nice. there's no, it's real no different than what we're talking about with these kids in college. But like, all right, you know what? Why don't we eliminate all the BS rules? And even if a Nike or a sports agency or whoever wants to come give an 18-year-old who might have the potential, like a LeBron James, a, f- a $40, 50000000 million contract at 18 years old, why is that not cool? Yeah, they might not be making a good decision because they're young or whatnot, but how's that any different in any other industry? If right now somebody exactly. wanted to give an 18-year-old kid a job and pay him $30,000 or $50,000, or if they're a programmer and pay him oh, yeah. $100,000. I mean, you got people going to Google right now on Facebook out of high school, right? You got guys making videos, getting paid, you know, hundred grand a year because they can, they can do great videos, right? True. So, and that's kind of how I look at it. The only institution that limits that is the NCAA. Which right? then makes it, uh, quote-unquote, grimy and dirty. <laughs> but technically, it's not. But then let's bring it back to the real estate conversation so that we can run this yep, parallel. Yep. I'm, as a lender, regulated on the lending side That's to me. be able to pay referral fees. Because, especially after the crash, it was always like this, but like, especially it's after the... Hyper-focus the, on it now. Yeah, now it's like, we they the idea is on consumer... Referrals, right. It's all about consumer protection. Mm -hmm. When you're referring someone to do a loan, a mortgage, they want it to be as pure of a, this guy does a good job and not, I'm referring you this guy who might end up getting you into a tough financial situation because we, you know, we were the scapegoats for the crash, which just makes no sense, but whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was all your fault. Right. The big bad mortgage boogeyman. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, let's pay. Let's make sure that uh, Mary Jane is not going to Kevin for a mortgage because he pays Jory, mm-hmm. you know, $5,000 for that referral. Let's make sure that if Jory's saying go talk to Kevin, it's from a natural standpoint of... Kevin's the best I know. Yeah, he'll, he'll take care of you and, you know, trust and whatnot. However, in other industries, you can offer commission, you can offer client uh, reward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, systems Pro- programs, and programs. <clears throat> in the real real estate as a realtor, you guys can work out referral agreements if another agent from somewhere else. All day long. Yep. From agents, or you can tell, let's say about the wholesale. How many how many times do you tell people in wholesale, hey, send me a seller and I'll give you, or no, a seller that you know that you sold their house for, right? You bought their house as a wholesale deal. You say, hey, bring me another seller, I'll give you 500 bucks or, you know. The whole wholesale industry, except now for Arizona, is it? Illinois. Illinois is nothing but <laughs> referral agreements and kickbacks and All finders fees mm-hmm. and you know commission agreements without any kind of license entities um and then bringing it back to sports we're just like the mortgage people we're highly <laughs> regulated when coming up in the ranks and doing business I don't know how I feel about that now that we're sitting here talking about it on, <laughs> on, on live on air. That's definitely something. I think that, um, and you get both vibes, right? 
Well, I'll be first off to say I was doing real estate during the crash. And were there bad mortgage guys? Yes. Mm -hmm. Just like there's bad realtors. There's bad stock market guys on Wall Street. There's bad There's bad everything in the business, right? Contractors. Yeah, there's bad contractors, insurance, everything. There's bad everything, right? Attorneys. But were the mortgage guys the reason for the crash? No, right? Like you guys were originating loans that were available. That were in the available market. in the market, right? You were giving guidelines, right? You can only do what the guidelines say you can do, right? So right now, if someone tells tells you, "Hey, Kevin, I'll you know I'll prove anything four hundred fifty score higher, ninety five percent LTV, da da da," you know, go get it. All right. I, yes, you're right. You're one thousand percent right. And for the people that were doing ethical business, me, my partners back then, and everything, I can honestly say that, like, thank God. Mm-hmm. And I know I talked about this on a previous show, but because my family was a family of accountants and IRS constantly came knocking on the door doing audits and things like that for different clientele, I had a good respect for authority and that whole getting caught, you know, especially also with a Colombian family, (laughs) the other side of the game. Like, I had a respect for the government where Mm -hmm. I know if they wanted to come knock on your door, they could. So I never went down that route. So what you're talking about, and I have expressed that as well, you're correct. We were basically, we weren't creating the loans, right? This was available at the banking institutions as a product, as a loan program. And people were approaching us, inquiring about it. Now, the ethical part becomes, is this a good loan program for you and your situation? And then on top of that, to take it down the rabbit hole, then there is the shysters and the scammers where they're getting together with other people and they're saying, let's do three or four deals at the same time because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get a loan back then. Let's get you in way over what you can actually really afford Mm -hmm with the hopes of being able to flip the property and make some money. And so many people did during that time period because, you know, the musical chairs, the song kept playing. So you were able to switch from one smaller chair to a bigger chair to a bigger chair. Until the music stopped, you were good. And then the music stopped. And then you got whoever got caught holding the bag, standing up, didn't have a chair for them. That's where... All the bankruptcies and foreclosures and all the uh, challenges had. So it's such in a much better place. And I guess the show became uh, uh, an ethical, like, well, I think we we're going to go down that way. The legalities <laughs> of everything. Um, the, uh, the, now, if you're sitting here curious about getting into the business and you're worried about, that boogeyman story of like, you know, should I trust brokers and how do I know I'm using the right loan programs and whatnot? There's not a lot of options like there was back then. No, there's, there's, I mean, you'll be the first one. I'll be the first one to say it. <clears throat> the rules that they made up in the Dodd-Frank and all that stuff made your job a lot more difficult as yeah. far as strictly just off paperwork and timelines and stuff like that where yeah, it's a mission. you really can't, you can't, go outside those lines anymore, you know? So I think it definitely cleaned it up. I guess the question is, when you come so hard on this industry or that industry, right, is it more of you have to trust people's people's ethics and, like, you know, like you have to find out what the person you're dealing with or 
should we be hammering down and just saying, you know, we're going to go so much heavy on making sure this can't happen, you know, on this one industry, but these I other mean, industries could just slide away because they haven't messed up yet. Right. <laughs> so if you haven't uh, figured it out, and we were just freestyling, so the premise of this show is going to be shyster, <laughs> scam, kickbacks, and who do you trust, right? We're going to rock with that today. Um, <clears throat> that's a very good question, but I'll... I'll say, and I'll answer it in a second, but it's also no different than do I trust this closing attorney? Do I trust this wholesaler who's mm-hmm. trying to sell me this deal? Do I trust this contractor who's saying he can do the renovation work for $15,000 when everybody else is telling me $40,000? So when you're walking into the game, and I'm, this is actually great that we're talking about it because it's the biggest fear that most people have. It like, is, yeah. who do I trust? Yeah, and this actually goes... We we weren't going to talk about this. Just, <laughs> we were going to talk about something else, but I actually have a very good example we'll get into that goes into this. Yeah, who this do topic. I trust? So, um, <clears throat> definitely do your homework and do your research. Talk to people that that are connected to them. Ask for testimonials and referrals. Gross. I mean, for contractors, like, let me see some of your work. Like, let me go to your current projects right now and let me see what you're doing. And I've given, okay, so here's a good little hack. I give newbies, especially here, like they just get here from another country mm. and they're trying to, you know, take care of their family and get in the game. A lot of the times they get into construction because while they're getting their paperwork in order, that's something that that's they something can do with do. their hands. Yeah. And and they're usually inexpensive because they're just starting to come up, but they don't have the track record. They don't have the experience. They don't have the portfolio to be able to trust them. So the, what I do, and it's kind of difficult when you're talking about mortgages or attorneys, but at least in the contractor world, I give them the smallest job to do, like a handyman type job. See how they do it. To see how they do it. How do they respond? How do they work? How do they carry themselves professionally? Um, how do they clean up? How you know the the whole? Do they bring ideas to the table? And I gradually start to give that person more and more jobs. Like the latest contractor that I brought on my team, he's. I started with just, hey, fix this wall in one mm. of my places with a couple of odds and ends. And since he did a good job there, then I was able to get him into the building and do eight to nine units. And then from there, we're giving him a house that we're buying over there in the beach for Airbnb purposes. Now he's going to get that whole project. Whole project. So <laughs> that gradual process... So that's a good idea. So, I mean, you're, you're instead of saying, hey, you got this whole job, right? If it's a new contract you're trying to meet, let me see how he does a little one, this one, this one, this one. He's, he keeps showing you that he does it well, so now he's handling his, right. own, his own project by himself. Right. Now, if you're going to already have a property that you're flipping so that there's no small thing, give them not the whole thing. Give them just, hey, come in and do this room or come do this, mm-hmm. you know, just do this one task. And then we'll figure it out later. Or, you know, you could always come back and say, hey, the guy that was going to do the rest of it, you know, something happened. So okay, you did yeah. a good job. Do you want the rest of it? And you can kind of work it out there where you set it up in phases and stages. And then don't make the mistake of committing, not knowing who the contractor is and who you're working with, giving them half the money up front. No. And then they bounce. Because yeah. I've yeah, I mean, so If you give them stories. the whole job and half the money for the whole job, you don't know who this guy is. Whew, that's... <laughs> That could be a nightmare. He may not come back. You know, and, and let's be honest, contractors, hiring good contractors is hard. It's hard. 
You know, the good ones are usually busy, first of all, right? Like times like right now where there's a lot of, a lot of building rehabbing going on, the good contracts are usually busy. And it's going to take a lot for them to leave that constant income they're doing to come do your one-off job, you know? Yeah. So it is very difficult to do that. So what Kevin's saying is a very good job. It's good to try to find someone who might be able to do a little little pieces here and there Yeah. and kind of build your own crew together like that or see who can kind of do more and more and more as you're going along because, you know, it's hard. It's hard to trust them. It's a different industry, you know? Yeah. Now, when you're going back to your question, when you're talking about which lender do I trust or which closing attorney do I trust or which wholesaler do I trust to get my my deals from? It's I okay. If you recommendations, doing your homework, reviews, things like that, obviously, you know, makes sense. Even though like we're now getting into this age, man, where it's so crazy. I was talking to my marketing people. Mm-hmm. And we had a kind of an, a little bit of an aggressive marketing campaign that might have rubbed people the wrong. That might. We haven't released it. <laughs> but it, it's edgy, right? Okay, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, a little too real type vibe. So we're deciding, do? do we rock with it or not, right? And one of my guys brought up the realize, though, that you do put yourself in liability where there's a lot of competitors that create fake accounts and start posting negative reviews about you. Mm-hmm. to damage your credibility too because it happens in the restaurant business mm-hmm. it happens in a lot of the service based businesses especially with Yelp or whatnot there's this battle for like reviews and like testimonials because that so affects you your other, pocket you have other restaurants throughout there actually with their own marketing campaign to what's the word called negative well like in football negative recruit negative market negative yeah and stuff. you see it in politics yeah. all the time too the so, smear campaigns smear campaigns <laughs> right so there's actually um pockets of like services and you can get them abroad like you go on these websites and you can buy people in other countries that (laughs) have the technology and the setup where they can create 40 50 different accounts this is the whole russian bot thing and basically do either both positive or negative reviews so that starts to make everything tricky based off what we're talking about today right so the best thing that I can tell you and and the way that I approach my my consultations is sit with someone who's going to teach you what's up, not just tell you what it is. And then you're just stuck in a situation that you have to trust them. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, man, I don't know. Do I trust him or not? He says this is what the process is. Can you sit with someone who's going to sit with you as long as it takes or gets on the phone with you and answers every question that you actually feel like you truly understand. So now that you understand, you can now make an educated decision mm-hmm. where before you weren't sure how it works. So if the person can show you, teach you, and you truly understand it, because sometimes people teach you something and then you don't understand it, but you don't want to say you don't understand it. <laughs> so you just like shake your head yeah, and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Let's, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> let's try it. And you roll the dice and you get into a situation that then you later regret. So I think don't be scared to say, run that by me one more time because I'm still not getting it. you know. And I want to be able to understand exactly how this works so that I can make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And if that person can make you feel that way, then it's a better chance that you're 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 making a right thing. Because shysters don't tend to make too much sense. No, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, you got to fill them out 
inside personally, right? And you have to get that feeling for them. Because what you said is true. You can use like you should be able to have the intuition to tell someone who's real, someone who's not. You know, and it, it gets harder. It gets harder every day. Um, and it gets harder if you're going strictly off of social media or online. It's very, very hard because who knows? You could be anybody on there. You know, at the end of the day, you have to meet someone, sit with them, look them in the face, talk to them on the phone. Yeah. You know, and then check their integrity. Um, I watched, um, I think, uh, I think Complex had a video on YouTube where they were talking about the Miami luxury um, exotic car game. I don't know if you've seen this see video, that, no. man. You have to check it out because it's super <laughs> interesting. They follow this young kid around. He's in his young 20s. And you see him in the clubs and in the Miami scene. And he's actually shaking hands and saying what's up to some celebrities and mm. athletes and rappers and musicians and and um, trying to live this brand and trying to live this persona, persona yeah. um, that he owns luxury cars and he owns the luxury rental company. And that, you know, he's connected, so come to him and he's got you, right? That's kind of the overall thing, and that's how he makes his money. And as the kind of like little mini documentary about this guy as they're following him around continues, the guy who's producing this video starts to notice (laughs) some things and starts to press them. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the video, you'll see that he actually just breaks down and and admits that he's nothing but a sales broker guy to many different other ones. And instead of being genuine and authentic of coming off that way, he was positioning it as it was his yes. cars, his company, and he was using that for the connects, you know, when the reality was. He, he was, was just a salesman. Yeah, exactly. You tell him what you want. He's out there trying to find it. He promises you that he's going to be able to do it. You count on him and he's over there rolling dice, hoping he can make it happen. Right. So um, he's stressed out. He's, he's stressed out. He's broke as yeah, for well. The- <laughs> and uh, it's funny because at the end of the video, he's just like, you know, like he goes, everybody in Miami's finessing. If not, like you're not and and to that point especially in the bigger markets i know miami's a mission to find the right people because there is so many scams and so many people trying to paint a picture that they're not well, that's the thing when i went out to arizona and met with jamil I talked to jamil because remember jamil made the comment about he can't wholesale miami from over there because you never know who it is you know and this is true that is true you know it is true it's a lot of big markets there's, there's a lot of faking going on like you were saying so again, um, I mean, listen, man, there's a couple guys right now that I could tell you down the street that are nothing but smoke and mirrors and, mm-hmm. and, and fake shysters and they're, you know, out there still shaking hands and, and, uh, portraying themselves to be something that they're definitely not and doing business with certain people who will eventually, it's like a cycle. I see them like recycling contacts and team members and people because eventually (laughs) you realize so I would be very careful of bragging Mm -hmm. I'd be very careful of showing off Mm -hmm. I'd be very careful of uh, talking about a lot of things but you can never really see it or quantify it those tend to be kind of the okay warning signs of this guy's not educating or teaching me this guy or girl is more just showing off and just 
name dropping mm-hmm. and just bragging. And unfortunately, that's become the it thing. I mean, you spent, you see it in wholesaling like crazy. How many times you see somebody post their check, you know, the check online, a picture of their check, mm-hmm. which to me, I'm not saying anything good or bad or whatever, but that just comes off to me as, you know, a warning sign, right? If you're posting checks and all you're doing is posting the Ferrari, you're posting, you know, like, you know, because yeah, like the guy, I know, we know guys who own thousands of properties in real estate. And you would never know it. <laughs> oh, no. You would never know it. No. I know a lot of I know a lot of people who have lots of real estate holdings, do a lot of deals, and you would never ever know it a day in your life. Yeah, you know? I met so a, you to- I'm I had a meeting yesterday with a guy who wants a 1.4 commercial construction loan. So he came to me to see if I can make that happen for him. And then I, if we can make that deal happen for him, then there's a $20 million one right behind it for doing some some high-rise buildings and whatnot. Um I went to a rinky dink, <laughs> rinky dink office over there by the airport. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out and there was nothing fancy about him that if I saw him in the street you and this know. one came from a good connect that I know is his client. Mm-hmm. He's not able to do the deal. So he brought me in. And apparently this guy's been making a ton of moves over the last 10 years because he's been his client and seen him come up. Come up, yeah. So he's like, listen, this is one of my best clients. I need you to come through for him and get him this money. Um, and to your point, like, I would have seen that guy and said, I'm not, you know, impressed <laughs> whatsoever. But because I know very well who his business banker is, apparently this guy is doing really well for himself. I'll never forget him. I had a client in Michigan. And this is a true story. Early on, probably like second, second, second year having a license. I got meet him at this house. I go to the house. He's in like a old beat up minivan. You know, comes out the car. There's like papers everywhere, like sweatpants on, a t-shirt. I'm just like, oh, you know, this is going to be another tire kicker. <laughs> you know, probably even didn't give him the time I should have that first appointment. Mm. You know, then, then he invites me to his office two days later to discuss the property. I'm like, I'm going to go to his office, whatever, whatever. I go to his office, find out he owns like 350 homes already. You know, buying multiples per month. The whole family works there in his office. It's a whole family operation. And this guy has more real estate than probably anybody else in the city. You know, or you know, as much as multi multi millionaire. Yeah, you know, like but like his every day he doesn't care. You know, he's still driving the same minivan he's had since his kids were probably little. Mm. You know. Yeah. You know? Is that what was the story that you were saying earlier that you had something? Oh yes, yes. So going off the trust thing now. Um, of course, there's a lot of new. There's a lot of new investors in the space now, right? It's, it's, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of new investors, right? Yeah, yeah. So every week, yeah, I had a uh, which house. is cool. <laughs> We're not saying no. This is great. In, this is great. Right? But I'm, I'm going to give an example of why if you're going to come to space new, you need to have some stuff in order, you know. So we had a house in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're selling a land contract, so I'm marking a land contract. The guy, you know, a guy. This is all online because you know I'm not there. I'm in Miami. Right, he goes to the house. We give him the clothes. He's the house. Call me, calls me back. He wants the property. Right, so I break down the whole process to him how he wants the property. I need the EMD. You know, within two days of acceptance, non-refundable. I need this stuff back. You know, sends the contract back. Never sends the EMD back. Right for days, and I'm like, well, look, I'm not going to hold the deal for you. I'm just talking to the him. EMD is earnest, earnest money deposit, deposit. Yeah. which which basically makes the contract. Yeah, you can sign a contract all day long, but if you don't put that deposit. Yeah. It's still up for grabs. Come to find out this guy's holding a deposit because he's, you know, he has a trust factor with me, right? He has a trust factor with me on, you know, is this a real deal? Is this an, is it that? So I'm having a trust factor with him at the same time because I have no earnest deposit. Right, right. So right? showdown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's a showdown. I'm having a trust factor with him. You know, we're getting into an argument on the phone. 
I'm like, and I'm telling him, I'm like, listen, I know you told me this is your first deal. I'm trying to help you out. We all these deals that we do start financing where we're, we're the bank are right. trying to help other people out. I want to help you get out into this deal, young guy, you know. But like, if you can't trust me and I can't trust you, it's not going to work. Right. You know, so and what this needs was, to happen? Hey, give a deposit to the title company. This is not giving me uh, cash. Yeah, drop money. it off to the title company so we can move forward in this deal. Doesn't trust the title company. Doesn't, you know, doesn't trust anything in the deal because he's never done a deal before. All he's done is probably watch a ton of videos. And now it's time to do a deal. You know, he has no trust factor. So I get it too. You know, I definitely get it. You know, but if you're going to come to space doing deals, you, you kind of have to know how the process goes because. You know, he's lucky I was patient enough to work with him for three or four days, right? Did you get it done with him? Or we, no? got it done. we got okay. it done. We got it done. We got it closed. Well, before closing, though, so I'm already not trusting this guy. Right, right. Closing's coming up. He disappears. <laughs> like, won't answer the phone. Won't answer the but text. But you got a deposit at this But point. I had the deposit. So I'm like, okay, I got, I got the deposit. You know, so whatever. Worst case happened, we'll keep the deposit. We'll be good. He had a situation. He was out of town for a few days, we'll say, you know came back. We, we got all worked out, you know, but it was a lot of factors where my trust should have been like, screw this <laughs> a long time ago. Right. Right. Um, you know, he should have had trust because the rules, the thing I was given to outline it was by par of how you do a deal. Right. You know, but. And in that case, like if you find yourself in there and you're new and you feel this same way, like we're saying, we understand, but take a meeting with the title company. Go exactly. yourself. Which sit is what down. I, said. I said, listen, go talk to the title company. Just talk to them. Right, I, I I even told the title company he doesn't trust me, so you need to talk to him. You need to schedule. The, I don't want anything to do, but let me know when it closes because exactly. there's already a trust factor has been broken. So here's what I would deal. do if you if you guys are in the same position and and if I'm in that boat, if I was in that guy's shoes, I would have talked to the title company. I would not be scared to ask the questions, the tough questions, because you're being honest. Hey, look, no disrespect, but. How do I know you guys are not scamming me? What kind of liability? They'd explain to you that they're licensed and they mm-hmm. are regulated as well. That, And then you can take that information. If you're still not sure about it, then contract your own real estate attorney. Mm-hmm. Pay them a consultation fee of a couple hundred bucks and tell them, this is what everybody's telling me. Does Is this true or not? Now realize, take this with a grain of salt because every attorney likes to overcomplicate things and justify <laughs> things and make sure that the attorney understands what wholesaling, Definitely. what real estate investing looks like, what a title company. If you're talking to an insurance liability or a business uh, a contract attorney. attorney that's never done a real estate deal other than maybe buying his own house, they're probably not going to have the knowledge, but go to another real estate attorney and ask them, pay for the consultation. If you're really that freaked out and you didn't get the the uh, the peace of mind by sitting down with the title companies. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I'll be honest, too. Another good thing that helps me out is I am licensed in Michigan and Florida. And I know people ask me, time, do you need it? I, I don't think you need it, but I can guarantee you it helps me out. Correct. Because right? I can say right now. You can you can complain of me to the board of the state because I'm licensed by the state. Correct. Right. So I'm not going to screw you over. That's case in the fall. I, if I screw you over, you take my license. Right. You know. So I do have an extra, I guess, badge of like you know protection that protects me. It also makes me have to be held up to a higher standard because I can lose my license for doing something that's unethical. Yeah. You know. So I don't know if it's going to happen. Like we we talked about at the beginning, Illinois did pass a law. If a lot of stuff goes wrong through through wholesaling, you will see. The government come down just like they did mortgage mortgage brokers. You will see consumer protection laws come out, right? And that might happen, but yeah. you know who knows? 
I think right now we're good. But to all the new people getting in, we love that you're getting in. But do your research, right? I also, I mean, I also see a lot of deals falling apart because of new people coming in trying to buy a deal, don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, you will lose your trust from any other investor in that town if that happens. This is true. I would say too, like, it drives me crazy, man. There's so many like brokers in this city right now that have not even closed a, a, a deal. I mean, <laughs> maybe they've closed. Is this mortgage you know, or, or, or sales? And both. And both, both. Right? Yeah. Like, I, there's definitely a lot of fake real estate brokerages out there that they have a broker who maybe has closed 10 deals, you know, like maybe 20 deals. <laughs> and they're just sitting here trying to act like they've mm-hmm. been this major producer in the game. And you're coming into this picking mentors and joining teams and joining companies based off what you see based off what you see and like come on man look dude there's there's people out here that that their offices were built on scam money like come on like you're you're now being sued under another entity and like people are you know it's just it's a lot if, of stuff. If Be you're careful. gonna have a mentor, if you're joining a team, like make sure they are real producers. Make sure they do deals. Make sure that they're not just getting in the game at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Make sure that they close more than five deals. Yes. So definitely. that you can say, all right, cool. Like, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone is just getting the game and has closed a couple of deals and is showing you a couple of things. Of what their experience was, of course, you know, like, that's cool. But find yourself somebody that you can work with, that you can trust, that actually does this. Doesn't mm-hmm. talk about it, but does it this, it. you yeah. know? I, I'd be very weary of these coaches or brokers or, or gurus. Got gurus that aren't doing the game <laughs> anymore. Anything. That all they do is... Sit and yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sit and have meetings and like sip on drinks and you know. I was telling somebody the other day and it's, talk about it, but not do it. There are people out there right now, literally, who have done maybe two deals, selling you stuff. Oh and God. let me tell you, like I've made mistakes this year, and I've been doing doing it for fourteen years. Right? You like you make mistakes, and the only reason why I learned because they don't teach you real estate. I have a license and a broker license. They don't teach you anything in that class. They teach yeah. you some laws. Attack. They don't teach you the game in yeah. the business. No, you're it 100% takes experience right. to learn this business. And even then... It takes I, losses and learning oh, from losses. I still get deals where I'm like, damn, what are we going to do here? And then you got to like... You got to go through it and figure it out. You got to go through it and figure it out and call <laughs> and hey, what's up? And what are my options? And can I get exceptions? Mm-hmm. And what can we negotiate? And that's what I was Googling because I remember there's a term you learn when you get your license called caveat emptor. I think that's how you say it. It means buyer beware, right? Mm. Buyer beware in everything. And everything, buyer beware. <laughs> you know, this is like, this, this is, is a real, this is real estate term. Yeah, when you take your license, you have to learn that it's caveat emptor, which is a Latin word for buyer beware, mm-hmm. which means any deal you do, because when you when you get your license, you're taught you work for the seller, whether you're the buyer's agent or not. Right, that's what you're taught that the the seller is the only client that you care about. Right, and they teach you that as a buyer, it always is buyer beware. Check everything, test everything. Right, there's there's always it's always on you, right. the buyer. Not on the seller or anybody else, you know. Right. So which which is why people are so paranoid to get in the game. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But <laughs> hopefully you guys can listen to this episode and kind of get a couple different hacks and little tips and 
And it's okay to be scared, but if you surround yourself, I think the with point is with the good people and that teach you and that educate you and that um, you know, I get it that sometimes we're busy and we may not be easily, you know, available to sit and have a three hour conversation about the situation. But if you bring a potential deal to the table or you're actually bringing something that you really want to sign a contract and put a deposit, we'll recognize that as, you know, that's different than, hey, I want to sit here and talk about it for 10 hours and do nothing. See, that's our position. We're weary about that. I can't sit here for 10 hours for each person that just wants to hear about it and learn about it. But if you got something ready to go, you need a final Yes or no? Does this look good or not? Yeah, we're, we're then we'll be able to sit down because it's a deal. It's something of value. It's something that we're really gonna sit here and make sure you clearly understand. You know what you're getting yourself into, and that there's a win-win situation for everybody involved. Definitely, definitely. I think so we're reach good. out. Yep, appreciate that. Was good. This is that's like, a good topic. Uh, that, uh, the shysters, the kickbacks, <laughs> the uh, who do I trust? Who do I trust? <laughs> Who do it's, I trust? It's a big one. I wanted to do this episode actually when we first were coming up with show ideas, but it was unplanned. It was freestyled. Definitely 100% freestyle. It was good. <laughs> it's not in the book. All, All right, right, guys. Let us know if you got any questions and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.